produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. So welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek, myself, Mike, and joining us is Miguel Nunez Jr. You might know him from Joanna Man, um, Adventures of Pluto Nash, one of my favorite TV shows from the past, Tour of Duty. But we're going to start off by talking to him about his film that he's got coming out called Worth. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the movie Worth. Worth is about a guy who's an MMA fighter. And, and I mean, you know, most times you hear that, you hear about a guy fighting, you know, blood and guts and glory and competition. But what I liked about this film and what brought me to this and what attracted me to the role was the heart of the film because it's actually not just about a guy fighting for glory uh, and pride and all of that stuff and points and belts and and, and actually, but his wife is a coma, and he's actually fighting for love. So it's pretty much a story of love, redemption, of fighting against, fighting for something bigger and, and bigger than yourself. And 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 it just has so much heart. And I play the doctor, who's kind of like the counselor, and the conscience of him that keeps him in the, on the right. Uh, uh, um, a mental state to deal with what he's having to deal with. So that's one of the things that really attracted me to it, just the heart of it. So how did you get approached uh, for the role of Dr. Harris in the film? Oh, the director's a really good, I mean, I've done a couple of things for him. He's always, every time he got something, he said, I got a really interesting role and I know you can bring something actually to it. And, and then I read it and then I read the whole script and, and he's really the talented. The director's just a genius young, talented, put it together. I know in Hollywood, I've been there a while, and most people in Hollywood, you know, most people talk about it, and he doesn't talk about it. He be about it. He just gets it done. He writes it, directs it, produces it. He's just a genius. And every time he writes something, it usually has a lot of heart. He's usually really, really good. He usually casts it and shoots it well. And his mom and his sister, everybody works on all this film. It's just really, I love what he does. Uh, go ahead, Derek. There you go. No, go ahead. <laughs> I can't hear nobody. Um, what did you r- say? I can't r- hear nobody but you. Roughly, how long did it take to to do the film, uh, from start to finish? Or you talking about worth? Yes. Well, I only worked like a couple of weeks because my rule, I didn't work the whole film. My character didn't work the entire film, so I don't know how long they did the exact 
how long was the entire shoot? My row was only a week or two. So, yeah, so I don't know how long it took. It probably took about 30 days, I'm pretty sure, 18 okay. days. Was there any personal experience that you brought into the role? or um, well, no, I, what, I what type of research did you do so. for it? Well, yeah, I never played a doctor, so I didn't really have any, any personal research, but uh, I just looked at the role and what it entailed in the situation of it. And then, I mean, I just looked at, I'm also a counselor, a counselor. I looked at counselors and, 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 and stuff like that. I mean, I look at doctors and what you say to somebody in that particular situation and they go online, but there's nothing really you can research except to take it to heart and feel and deliver the compassion just as if you were a doctor. And if you were to, I'm pretty sure the same compassion that if I was to say to you, give you that same scene, you would be able to deliver that compassion knowing the, 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 the context of the scene where the man's woman, uh, wife has died and, and you got to give him some information to keep his head up and you're fighting for something bigger than this. I think you could do that with just the context of that. So I, I just think uh, it just brings on... The context of what you're doing helps bring it to me. That's what basically what I'm trying to say. Okay. And I didn't have to really do too much research. It was just there. But okay. I did do research. So so you, you basically went uh, from the, the feel of the moment. Yeah, I did that too. But, I mean, I did go online and, 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 mean to, and I looked at I, – I, I did more, more studying with counselors than I did with doctors is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Okay. Because uh, yeah, because I, I I saw him as that. You know, he was he was that you're, you're more more so than just a doctor. A doctor is like your friend when you're when you have nobody else. It's like the, your 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 counselor that you can talk to and feel safe and secure talking to. That's right. what a doctor is, and I, and I wanted to add all of those combined elements and just instead of somebody talking to his doctor. I, I will even just slap. I I will definitely say when I saw the movie and I saw you come on your character, I'm like. I want this guy as my doctor. I, I really, I really <laughs> like the approach that you plan. that you took with it, and and uh, I, it was interesting, especially when um, Ricky's boss came in and said, "You know, I don't want his family to end up like my family." Uh, and you were right there, going, "We're doing everything we can. We're doing everything we can, and that's more you can do." And and that's and and the less is more, and and one one of the things I was I uh, wanted to. Uh, the um, uh, counselor said, and that's when I used in that particular moment was a lot of times less is more. Yeah. Less is so much more when you're dealing with somebody in emotion. It's because you could go on and on and try and see the right thing and end up seeing something that they end up remembering most about everything that you said that's not right. So less is more. And, you know, those are all the little things that I try to bring to it. So what kind, what kind of um, what kind of direction did Eduardo give you for that? He doesn't. I mean, he just lets you go. I mean, he he trusts the actors that he brings to know what you're doing when you come there to study, be prepared when you get there. And he just that's one of the things I like about working with him. He always creates an atmosphere that's totally conducive to creativity. And by that, I mean he'll he'll let you. I mean, a lot of times people get stuck on lines. And it's never about the lines. It's about the total 
emotional intent of the overall scene. It's the, and that's what it's all about. And when you have a director and you have writer, and he didn't say exactly like that and exactly like that, I have to kiss my ass and get out of my face. And, you know, it's, it's not even about the line. And Eduardo doesn't hold you to that. He just wants you to get the overall intent of the scene. He'll give you the major points of it, and he'll let you do it. He'll let you flow with it. So it sounds like you're saying if you're if you're struggling with the line, he'll he'll stop you and say, okay, how do you feel more comfortable delivering this oh, no, type no, of no, message? No, 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 he'll just tell you that. No, 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 he'll just let you know. Don't worry about the line before you even start. He he eliminates the fact that the, he eliminates the 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 the, the stumbling block that causes people to do that. By just telling you before you go, listen, don't worry about the lines. You stumble up, just keep it going. You know what the scene is about. You know, don't worry about my line. Don't worry about those lines just to get the overall intent of the scene. And then when somebody, the director tells you that, you immediately go into a more relaxed state because, oh, phew, so I ain't got to no words. Those lines, whew. So in all actors immediately, when they hear that, that's like a relief. Okay, good. So now I can just go in there and work it my way. And a lot of times, and a lot of times when it happens, you even remember the lines. That's written a lot more so than you did prior to that because now the, the pressure's off. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that really does. It is true. And then anytime you got a director like him, you can always get the best from from your actors because now they just they got that ring to just like an MMA fight. They got the ring to move it around and dip it in gravy as opposed to being held into some lines straight up. Life is not about like that. You can. Dip and move with lions in real life. You're supposed to be able to do that, and, and he does that. He lets you go. I mean, he'll hold you. He'll pull you back if you go too damn far. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, he keeps it real. That's what I like about him. That definitely sounds like a like a, a, a really good director. He's an amazing director, brother. Amazing, amazing. I promise you, he's going to be. Huge, mark my word. Uh, you heard it here first. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. I can't. I personally can't wait to see more from Eduardo. Um, yeah, oh, no. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely gonna be huge. Um, I'm impressed that he also wrote the. Yes, he yeah. writes, produces, and directs all of them. Everything, all of them. Triple threat, quadruple threat. He puts the he puts the crew together. His mother is one part of the whole thing. She makes sure everybody. She takes care of his sister and family. It's a family affair. Tight ship, incredible crew. Everything's on a uh, uh, first class all the way. Never have to worry about your money. Everything's always on top. I'm very impressed by this guy. Oh, that's that's very cool. You don't hear that often with Hollywood. No, you sure don't. You sure the hell don't. So, um, now for I know we got a chance to see it early, uh, so we were able to to see your work before the film. Uh, before we talk to you tonight, when does the film come out? Do you know? I have no clue. I have no clue. They gotta be giving me that information. I'm sure they can get it to you because I don't know yet. <laughs> well, we we will make sure we try and get that information out there on our social media as soon as we can. But um, that's worth, let's go back a little bit and and talk a little bit about your, your past. Um, I know for me, one of my favorite shows that you were on um, was your role as Marcus Taylor in tour of duty. My first project, one of my favorite projects I've ever done. What what was it like being a part of of that particular show? Because that show lasted a a few seasons. Oh yeah, we were on for three years. That was amazing. I was, you know, I was fresh out of being homeless. I was like at nineteen years old, making ten thousand five hundred dollars a week, and didn't have a bank account. Every time I cashed a check, I put the whole money in my pocket for twenty-two checks. 
for a year. I lived in Hawaii on my own. I was rolling. It was just an amazing. I learned all my acting from that. And it was just amazing just in, in Hawaii, getting paid to be there and making all that kind of money on my own. Had been living in the streets, eating out of the trash prior to that. It was just an amazing experience. And you, you the, 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 and still to this day, the best experience I've ever had in my life. I, I don't know why I got hooked on that show, but I was there from was awesome. episode one to the very last episode. And, and when I got captured in the, in, the, in the tunnel in episode one. Yep. And I think part of it was, too, when the show originally aired, the theme song was Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was awesome, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That was the best part of it. Every time we come on, I see a red door and I want to play that Now, tour duty was pretty much your, even though you had done some stuff prior to, this was this was pretty much your launching pad, right? Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, I did Friday 13 with Jim Miller, but that was that was the one. That was it. That just put you in the public eye, not just the movie fans, but... You know, the public, it was, that was it. It was in everybody's home every night, 8 o'clock. It was in front of that TV watching yep. tour duty. Yep. Yeah. And if I wasn't able to watch it, I recorded it. it on my videotape. Yep. Yeah, and it was so profound, man. We, I got Purple Hearts to this day, the most incredible war. Hundreds of soldiers all over the country thanked us because when they would come home, they would be spit on, and they'd have to hide their uniforms. But because of that show, they started saying, uh, Daddy, that happened? And he was like, what? What happened? He was like, okay. And he had to explain it, and it was the first time any of them ever finally were able to talk to their family and their friends, and they were became every veteran became the star of the house because everybody wanted to know more about it when the show going on. When oh, the wow. show was turned, TV was turned off, all the veterans were sitting there talking to everybody surrounding them for hours, still wanted to hear more about it. And all the time, they didn't want to hear nothing about it. I was, there was times I was walking through the airport, somebody would walk up and grab me and kiss me right in the mouth, turn around, the guy's half his face off. He's a veteran crying, couldn't believe he saw you. Police officers were pulling you over because of speeding, and those cops with those big round hats, you know, going through Texas. And he'd get right before he's looking at you real clear, sticks his hand out, start crying, walks over, hug you. Same thing. All these guys were veterans who never said they had never been able to talk to their family members about until our show. So, so you, tour duty was could almost be credited for the start of the the healing process. Oh, absolutely! For so many, for so many, we got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of bags of hubcaps, purple hearts, letters. Uh, uh, every jewelry, everything they could possibly send us to thank us. Oh, wow. And Terry Knox to play the play the to play, you know, Sergeant. That's right. Terry Knox, man, he got tons still to this day. Because if you was in Vietnam, you either wanted a lieutenant like like Terry, or I'm sorry, Sergeant like Terry, you either had one or you weren't doing. Right. Like like him. Yeah. Right. So they loved him, boy. They loved him. Them veterans loved him more than him. And we didn't understand it. And then they got told. We said, because the sergeant, all the veterans came out, went to the sarge, and turned played that sarge. And they just, damn, they love This guy would have truckloads of mail. We were like, what the hell? Can't have caps that made for him. I mean, everything. So, Medal of Freedom, a medal of shit that cost millions, they just gave it to us. So how how did you get cast for the role of Marcus? I just went in and auditioned for. Her. I don't, you know, I was so young and naive, and I was a new. I didn't know anything. I just, I just went. In. I didn't know auditions. I just went in. You probably did not the naivety, whatever you call that word. 
um, of it, uh, I think, helped me because I didn't realize that. It was a TV show. This going in and knock it out. I didn't realize it was a big life-changing event on the prime time. Now you know none of that shit. Everybody else all in there nervous. I'm in there talking about other shit. <laughs> Uh, th- th- then you then you had some some small roles and some other films. Then you come come back major with DJ and Street Fighter. Did you ever yeah. think you would play a video game character? Never, yeah, never. It was just rolling right at that time. It was just rolling. They were just coming out the time, right at the right at film after film. And uh, Street Fighter was amazing. I must like it one of my third because we shot it in Australia. It was Capcom, Japanese company. They gave us. It was millions of dollars. Every time we went out there, we had security guards, uh, limousines, uh, big-ass uh, 18,000-square-foot uh, condos and a, and a million dollars uh, Trump Tower-like business in Australia that only billionaire champ- uh, Japanese people live in once a year, and they only use it for vacation, and they don't even allow them to lease it out to anybody unless it's another Japanese billionaire. But wow. they gave every – and each one was a whole – each the whole building was huge. And the whole thing was one floor, and each floor was given to a street fighter. Oh, wow. So for like six months, six months, I had a 15,000-square-foot freaking place on top of this school, some building, doorman, limo. It was a street fighter was probably one of the street fighters, Scooby-Doo. I'm doing an interview, sweetheart. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, yeah, so that, that was one like of those- the Sorry, go ahead. Sounds like it was a lot of fun to to to, uh, to shoot those. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and and, and a lot of it was the traveling, you know, to Australia for six months, Street Fighter, and then Australia again for another four and a half months for Scooby Doo. Uh, all yeah. you know, then uh, Prague, Prague for the Adventures of Pluto Nash, uh, to, Toronto for uh, just all over the world. It was just it was just a whirlwind. You know, you you get you you, you lo- it, it, it's what you get into it for basically. So Scooby Doo, when when you were pitched that, I mean, was it a no brainer or it's like uh, no Scooby Doo, I'm there. No, of course, shit. You don't. That's a no brainer. Anybody going in for that? Anybody went in, and they did, and that was another one. They said, just you know, don't worry about the line. Just go and just give us something. He's just blah blah blah, and they just told you to do that. So that was another one of those ones where you could go in and get loose fit. And as soon as I walked out, they told me I had it. And actually, matter of fact, when I went to actually when we came time to shoot it, they said, forget what's in the script. Just do what you did at the audition. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> Now I I kind of want to go back uh, a little bit before Scooby Doo. What was it like to play such an icon with young little Richard? And why do fools fall in love? Again, my naivety. My naive, How you say that word? Honey, naivety. Night. Okay, Na- I'm, <laughs> I stumble over words myself, so it's all right. Well, you know. Naivety. Well, you know what, that's it, my naivety. Well, whatever that word. Um, a, a, a gam played in it to it because um, I was in me. You know, I was good friends with Halle Berry, and I, I I was just so into everybody that I don't. I never looked at the fact that I was doing an icon. All I know is all I know is the one funny one story is we were doing the movie and he actually came to the set, Little Richard. So we oh, all, wow. I'm in my trailer, I'm in my trailer, and it was like Little Richard's here, Little Richard's here. He wants to meet you. I was like, oh okay, all right. So Little Richard, Little Richard comes into my trailer, and you know Little Richard is the is the biggest. I'm on doing interview, and you know Little Richard is is, is the biggest queen in Hollywood, right? <laughs> so, oh yeah. 
So Little Richard comes into my trailer, and he got some guys with him. And he's like, hey, I just want to talk to you for a little bit about this, this movie. And I'm thinking he's going to give me some notes, print some notes on the, on the acting. And he tells all his guys, everybody, get out. <laughs> and I'm looking at him going, shit, I hope you don't think what I'm thinking, because I already got the role. I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so he looks at me and goes, listen, I don't want you to go in here and do a really good job, because, you know, it don't make, because then, you know, they won't do my movie, and my movie is the movie they should be doing. My movie is more, way more interested in them. That. So if you go in there and kill it, then they're going to think they've already had seen it, and that's why that was that was his note to me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that was his note to me. But he's a nice, 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 sweet guy. I guess he was just trying to hold on to his legacy because I don't know. I think Little Richard Film would be amazing. <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, you call it Wap Up. I can definitely see it. But they did one already, but they didn't do it justice. It was some movie of the week. I'm sure he has a better story than that. Uh, mm. And you can always come back and redo the role. Of, I would kill it. The I'd older, get an Oscar. I think I'd so. Get an Oscar. I could play the young and old. So most people might know you from Joanna Man. Yeah. How did that movie come about? Because it was such a unique thing at the time. Well, you know what? Actually, I met the director on the golf course. He had me going for the screen test. And I actually I went in for it. It's real weird because, honestly, I think a week or two weeks prior to even hearing about this, I didn't hear anything about it until I met the director. And he told me about it. I didn't hear about any auditions. I didn't hear about any movies or anything. But prior to this, I had just watching something and told somebody, you know what would be a good idea? What about a guy who gets kicked out of the NBA, he dressed up as a woman, go try it out for the WNBA? I had just pitched that to somebody. And yeah. then like a week, a week or two later, I get the audition to go in, and then it just, it just happened. Uh, so... To hear it thrown back at you, did you did you question where did you hear this or did no, you because, think it was I just mean, fate? It it, no, it had to be fate because I mean, if they cast it already, that means they had to have had that script a year before. It had to been into it a year before I even thought about it. So it had to be fate. Yeah, I just thought, and and it was more so fate than that because the only reason I even met the director because a good friend of mine, Will Smith, used to tell me all the time, you need to start drinking, playing golf, Miguel. You need to learn how to play golf, Miguel. You learn how to play golf, Miguel. That's where all the big deals take place, Miguel. That's where all the cast directors, the big guys go, and I blah, 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 blah for years. And then the first, first ad bar time, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to, I went to, to the golf course in, in California called Wits. It's very famous. I decided I was going to go and get some lessons. I hired this guy, and he started teaching me how to swing and hit the balls. And I'm swinging and hit the balls on there about 15 minutes. And a guy taps me on my show and says, hey, hey, listen, dude, you're that, you're that guy actor Miguel on that show Sparks. I was on a show called Sparks, me and Terrence Howard. And I was like, yeah. He said, dude, I love you. And he said, listen, I'm doing a movie called Joanna Man, and we're having a screen test tomorrow, Warner Brothers. Can you make it? And that's how I got it. And originally I found out that they tried to have me come in early, and the cast director said, oh, he's not right. And I don't know what the fuck that was all about. But anyway, and I got it. Oh. And I'm getting it. Huh? Well, that's cool. That's that's very cool. Now you you mentioned Sparks. That's one that I don't think I'm that familiar with. Tell us a little bit about it. It was called Sparks, Sparks, and Sparks. It was me, Terrence Howard, Robin Givens, James Avery. His first series right after the Fresh Prince, and uh, we were uh, uh, Kim Willen. We were uh, we were uh, uh, it was called the Sparks, Sparks, and Sparks. James Avery, Terrence Howard, and me were brothers, and he was our daddy. Sparks. We were a law firm in Compton. It was a comedy. All episodes are on 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 uh, on, on um 
on our YouTube. It was absolutely hilarious. And right now, somebody posts to put the uh, the episodes on YouTube, and they get hundreds and millions and millions of views. I don't know why they don't bring it back. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands, every one of them. I know what I'm going to be binging this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's how Terrence Howard that's got so- in there. That was his first thing. I got him on the, put him on the map. So, and he played this. He played my brother. I played the whole. It was like Charlie Sheen's show, but it was he played the the, uh, the square brother, and I played the whole brother. <laughs> That's exactly. It was it was pretty much that, but it was it was hilarious, man. James Avery, it was, it was, uh, Uncle Phil. It was his first show right after Fresh Prince, and so he was our dad. He was a lawyer. But still, they made him keep him a lawyer, and and, and now he has sons. Okay. Yeah, you got to check it out. It was hilarious. Yeah, it sounds really that, that was That was my second favorite project I ever worked on. My favorite TV show I ever worked on. What my, was worst, your... my worst TV show experience was Joey. Uh-oh. I was going to spin off of Friends, Joey. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I, that was my worst experience ever because the show could have worked so much. I've never seen some writers with such big egos. They would give me lines to say, and I was like, you know, on the day on the day with all the, you know, the camera crew come in. There was tape, camera blocking day. Everybody come in and the sound. Everybody have to show you, have to show you have to come in and see, do the whole thing before the audience comes in on Friday. So we got everybody there. And I'd be like, dude, it's not working. I said, listen, what if I just do this? Watch this. I would go out and I would say the same line, but different the way I do it. And we have to wait 15 minutes for people to get off the floor from laughing, <laughs> which is, which should be. And this is not just me. It was with, with Joey, Matt LeBlanc, everybody else. And what should have been automatic, just like you just did and said right there. Everybody on the floor dying, screaming, wiping tears. All right, everybody, let's get back. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Let's go back. And then you're going to sit there and the writers go, ah, 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 ah. It's like you stole their thunder. Uh, uh, you know what? L- l- let's just leave it the way it was. Are you fucking kidding me? No, l- let's just leave it the way we wrote it. Oh, wow. Oh, and that was all the time. I said, this show will never make it, ever. You couldn't change anything. I mean, you couldn't make it funny. You couldn't, they didn't, if they didn't write it, you couldn't make it funny. Which was, and I said, it, this show would never go any further. I knew it. It was horrific. Well, the writing, you were because, right. And it, was, and it was because of the writer's egos. That's the only reason that show didn't work. Wow. Yeah, um, I wanted to give that show a chance, but it just... Uh... No, it could have been so good if they would have let people do what they do. I saw this. I seen, dude, I saw Matt LeBlanc spend that much time trying to get them. Hold on. I'm like, and I'm thinking, trying to keep my mouth shut. I'm thinking over the side going, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you sitting over there asking these punks? This is your fucking show. Just say yeah. I wanted to scream out so loud with all those people there. Just say yes. And then they feel like, can you just, can you just, can you just try the way you rather get? And I'm like, dude, you lucky this is your show. And this is my show. I would tell y'all, get out of here and we're gonna, don't come back again. And we're gonna do it this way. You're from now. You stay in the writers' room. <laughs> That's what because. Because I was on the on Sparks. Sparks was on three years, and the only reason it got canceled because somebody else took over the network. But that show was killing. It was created by the same guy who created Cheers, Taxi, Mary Tyler Moore, and he was just like that. How are you gonna tell it? He was he he was the person that taught me. If you would, I remember there were times when a writer would go come on our set and go, "Can you just 
can you just say that? And Ed said, what did you just say? What, what, is that? what did I hear? And the writers would start trembling. And he would, did I just hear you say, did I just hear a writer tell an actor to say what's written in the script? And he said, well, I, I, I just wanted to hear it. He said, get the fuck out of here. No writers are allowed on the set anymore. Ever. Ever. <laughs> and the writers were not allowed to come on the set. Wow. Because he said, how dare you tell an actor he can only say what's in the script? He said, the script is supposed to be a guideline. And you're supposed to let the actors come in and bring what you hire them to bring, not what you wrote. Dude, he and that and when you watch that show, you're gonna see what I did. I took I took ad living to a new level, bro. I got I got wrote up every year. New York Times said the most incredible timing comedy time I've ever seen. One of them said deaf comedy time. Said, only because Ed Weinberger let me do it. Watch what I do. I killed it. Yeah, you, you, Nine and a half percent of that is ad lib. As you're going to see. You said Sparks is your favorite TV show. What was your favorite yep. movie that you worked on? Uh, I have to say Joanna, man, because I was number one on the call sheet. And when you're number one on the call sheet, you get you get everything. Hold on. Um, I'm here. Okay. Uh, now, is there a, a film that you would say if you had to do it, a, a, if you were to go back, you wouldn't do it? A film, nope. Because listen, every film I've ever done, listen to me. If you do, I've I've gotten movies from one scene in a film, and I've gotten a film from one scene in a TV show, and I've gotten TV series from one scene in a movie. Everything I've done, I just went in and knocked out. But um, uh, there's no film that I've done. I don't think I would have done. Everything helped me do something, get something else. Okay, what's a good way to look at it? Yeah. Now I I've got to ask. Um, only because I went to the same college. I, my college career started at the same college as the gentleman who's behind this series. What was it like to take direction from George Romero? George Romero. With, with the Return of the Leo. Living Dead. Oh, George Romero didn't do Return of the Living Dead. That was at, uh, at Dan O'Bannon. That's right. Dan O'Bannon, who did that, did the Aliens. That's right. Yeah, yeah Dan O'Bannon. And Dan O'Bannon was a nice guy. Super, super nice guy. <laughs> I totally, I totally spaced that he that was not Romero. Yeah, that's right. That was return. That was that was nine eleven day. We did return. It's okay. okay. We're still in the same sphere. It's, it's, it's the same. It's the same uh, genre, whatever. Same franchise. I know it's part of that franchise. Right. So yeah, I, I get why, why why that happened. I'm sure everybody does as well. But that's one yeah. of those. I've. I must have always thought because it's still dead, Romero was a part of it. I wish I had a word with him. I wish I could have said a word with him. Uh, who, I don't the, even remember my Friday the 13th director. I don't remember who was my Friday the 13th director. Uh, Danny, huh? Danny Steinman? That's it, right. There you go. There, woo! That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Joys of the internet. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's right. Now, Friday the, where was, where did you film Friday the 13th at? Uh, the same place they do them all at the top of Mulholland Drive up here, right before you go into Beverly Hills, down a little street, and you would never, ever even, and 99.9% of everybody who lives in this area in high, in California, drive past there and never know down that, that that's where they shoot at, down this little street. And I have never known it, and I would have never known it. And it's the most inconspicuous-ass street. Like you going into Beverly Hills, you turn down this one street, you would never know there was a dead end down there. You would never know there's a little lake thing down there. And you would just never know it was in this area. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
I have no idea. Yeah. I, I know when I lived in upstate New York, there was a Boy Scout summer camp that claimed that part of it, that the one, either the first or the second film was, was filmed. They used some of the camp for part of the movie. No, no, they, 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 they may have because some of them they shot in out of state. Some, some of the stuff they did do in other places. They didn't shoot them all there. But some of them, but you can tell that. You, I, I mean, when you go in there, you, you can see. It's just an open place where they shoot a lot of them. Like even the outhouse thing that I shot was on the property. They just dressed it up and put it around there so it looked like it. So they just use that area for a lot of them in L.A., but I'm sure they use other places as well because I remember seeing other places that weren't in L.A. in some of the Friday 13th. So I'm sure they probably still try to tell the truth. Okay. Now, with film, who's been some of your favorite actors or actresses to work with? Hey, Eddie Murphy was probably my best favorite I've worked with because I've always been a hero. Uh, shit, I like everybody I work with. Um, you did quite a few films with Eddie. Uh, Harlem Nights, uh, Know Your Professor 2, uh, Pluto Nash. Yeah, yeah, a lot, lot, lot of them. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I just enjoyed everybody I work. I love my work on Raw Julia um, from Steve Paul. You got to do it up on the phone. Um, um, just everybody, man. I work with so many great people, so many gracious people. And, you know, I learn from so many people. It's hard to say I like one more than the other. I mean, I like some freaking crew people just as much as I like some of the stars. I just, you know. That's always good to hear. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I'll be on a big movie and nine of that well pretty much I'll say seventy five percent of every family whatever I do I hang with you know, like unless I'm with Eddie, I hang with Eddie, but still not with him. I usually hang out with always sometimes with more so with the crew than I do with the other actors. <laughs> always, 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 always have more fun with the crew. I I will say as a audio engineer for my real job, I will love to hang with you anytime. <laughs> like we're doing oh, now. That's right. I'm watching the draft. Somebody just got flattened. Yeah, man, that's right. I'm here right now. You can hit me anytime. We can do this again anytime you guys want. All right. Well, thank you for coming on with us. Um, no doubt. If you guys want to reach me, you can reach me at, at my Instagram at mnunezjr. Our Twitter at, at Miguel A. Nunez Jr. And awesome. I will... Uh, I will uh, say to you guys, uh, you're welcome to call me back anytime. We can do this again. Let me know. Our pleasure. Uh, so go go follow Miguel on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, check out Worth and definitely go spin, go binge on YouTube Sparks. Yes. Um, and again, yeah, right. th- thanks Thank for coming you on. So you got it, man. God bless you. You have a good night. You as well. So again, we want to thank Miguel Nunez Jr. for coming on. Um, like I said, I loved him in the show Tour of Duty. That was such a great show. Um, did you ever watch it as a kid, or was that? I've never actually seen it. Oh, you need to try and find it. It was it was great. Now, obviously, with syndication, Paint It Black is not the theme song because uh, I saw it pop up on some other channel, and it it was some other theme. Uh, so I guess they didn't get the rights for it for syndication. But man. It, that was one of those, most of the time, the show wrapped its story in one episode. Sometimes it carried over into two. Mm-hmm. But it was such a great series. Um, I, I just remember the big, you know, seeing the big Huey helicopters fly in here. You know, I, I was 
I mean, I, I fell in love with MASH. This was this was kind of, I mean, it wasn't a comedy like MASH was, but it was kind of serious. But then again, I also loved China Beach when it was out on ABC. Of course, that's where I started to fall in love with Dana Delaney. <laughs> and of course, I never really, I used to love him. And uh, I'm trying to remember who else was on it. I know um, the, the gal who played the prostitute on China Beach was also one of the heads head CSIs on CSI, uh, the Vegas version. Um, I can't think of her name. Um, but no, I'm going to have to go check out Sparks, especially if it's all on YouTube. That That's going to yeah. be... I don't remember it. But watch this, be, watch this be one of those, as soon as we see it, it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that show. And we said... It got canceled when this network got bought. I wonder if that, if it was either on UPN. It sounds like it might have been on UPN. And with the UPN, the UPN's WB merger, then, which formed the CW, because that's what happened with Aquaman. With, uh, was it Heatley? Josh Heatley? Who played, who played Queen, uh, Queen in Smallville? Uh, he was supposed to be Aquaman in this series, and it got canceled because of the merger. And that was on the WB network. Obviously, um, it's two different, two separate networks. Yeah. Um, but no, I'll, Pluto Nash, I totally forgot he was in that. And that's one of my guilty pleasure movies. Mm-hmm. I loved Pluto Nash. Never thought I would see Eddie Murphy do sci-fi. And that was a <laughs> great film. Um, and of course, Joanna Man. That's one of those channel surfing, one of those movies that stops you from channel surfing. You're going through. It's like, hey, Joanna Man's on. That's kind of cool. It's one of those guilty pleasure comedies that that you just check out. So, um, I guess before we go, we. Our new Patreon page will be up by the time this is recording, or this is recording, by the time this is released. Oh, so it's up our... our... It, it will be. As y'all are hearing this, it should be up. And we're going to be starting, um, probably recording our pre-shows, which we get some doozies in there. Now, the fair warning, there may be somewhere they're kind of boring, but we're going to start putting up pre-shows for every show. So maybe you will get some Weeby Geeks After Dark with it. <laughs> Could you imagine if we did pre-show, recorded the pre-show or the post-show with Stormy and Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> there was some good stuff there. So, yeah, we're, we're going to start recording those little tidbits and leaving that as, as a paid thing on Patreon. And, and there'll be some other perks as well coming. So uh, maybe free T-shirts. If you donate so much in a year or a free baseball jersey, if you donate so much in a year, ball caps, depending on your your tier level. So free merch. There we go. Free merch, depending on how much you spend in a year. So so maybe it's one of those. If you decide you want the hat first, then you got to read. Then you got to hit that new mark for the jersey. 
or let's say, or, or the hoodie or whatever. Once you get your reward, it resets. Make sense? Yes, it does. Uh, check out our affiliates on the homepage, WeBeGeeks.net. Um, again, we talked about the store. But check out Heroes and Villains. I can't say enough good things about them. They're awesome. And, and of course, after Celebration, they put up the their Celebration exclusive, which was the TIE Fighter line, which uh, I kind of want that TIE Fighter backpack. Yeah, I was it's, just, I was water, just, it's waterproof or water resistant. That stuff, it's some good stuff. And then I don't know if you noticed about the X-wing backpack. It comes with a rain cover. Oh yeah, that tucks into yeah. the bag, into one of the pockets. And you pull it out to cover your backpack to protect it from the rain. But I kind of like the X-wing or the Tie Fighter one. As much as I'm a rebel, I like the TIE Fighter one a little bit more because I do have a slightly wider laptop than normal. I have an HP ProBook. That's got a full-size keyboard on it with number pad on the side, Mm -hmm. like a regular keyboard. So, I mean, it's got a little bit, it's slightly bigger than your standard 15.4, 15.6-inch laptop. And and I'm starting to like the, the square tops of a backpack. Instead of the slightly curved top, because that curve seems to be a little smaller, and my laptop doesn't like that as much, mm. or the bags don't like my laptop because of that when they're that style. <laughs> Plus, two, the X-Wing bag is black, and I have to wear blacks at work being in entertainment, so it kind of fits, <laughs> but it's water-resistant, and with the Florida rains that I get, down here, especially during the summer, <laughs> that could be handy. Don't get me wrong. I still love my indoor bag. I I'm use it daily. But that would become my travel or my convention bag for sure. I will rock that at convention and leave the other one as my work backpack. Point blank. I'm going into the park for the day. I will wear my indoor bag into the parks. If we're taking, you know, when I'm going with the family. The TIE fighter bags can be my work bag if I do it. Point blank. I'm right there. Point blank. That's it. But the X-Wing stuff looks amazing. Yeah. The, The TIE fighter stuff looks amazing. Plus two, how how I have one of their original Tie Fighter pilot backpacks, which Zoe uses. I got I got repair repair a couple holes in some of the interior pockets. More stitching came came apart. But how cool would it be to put the two backpacks together and go? Here's the first. Here's the latest. <laughs> Let's show the difference between the two. Because for her, that would be perfect. That bag is perfect if we travel. If she wants a Star Wars bag but doesn't want to take her her um, lounge fly Star Wars backpack, she could use, if she wanted to keep the theme with me with the type, that would be an easy one for her to put her iPad in and carry or her phones because it's got that laptop sleeve area for her to do all that. So that would be ideal for her. It'd be kind of yeah, cool for the. It'd be kind of cool for the two of us to walk down the runways. Yeah, the 
the, the gangways down to our planes. <laughs> Wearing a similar bag. That'd be cute. Sure. Uh, also, too, if you're looking for stuff for Avengers Endgame. I know it's out, but you, you feel motivated, inspired, or that want and desire. Check out SuperheroStuff.com. They got some great new Avengers Endgame stuff that's come in. I was just looking at some of their stuff, too. The, uh, I'm not, I think it looks cool. It's not something I would get, but that, uh, Quantum Realm armor hat. No, oh, yeah. Looks pretty nice. But, no, there's some great stuff on there. So, supporting any of our affiliates helps the show. And, and, you, and you can't go wrong with it. It costs you nothing extra, but it helps us. So, um, see, now I'm, now I'm wanting to go look to see what else is on, uh, Oh, we can't forget found me. The trackers. How many times have they saved you since you've gotten it? 23.2 times. <laughs> I have had it where I ha- I lost my phone and I used the tracker to find my phone. <laughs> it sounds silly, but uh, there's some great deals on Loot Crate. Uh, NFL draft is going on as we're recording, so go support fan chest see if your favorite team's there get some good gear for there um trying to think what else did you see from pictures from avengers endgame where uh brie larson and uh scarlett johansson were wearing jewelry that looked the head Where each finger yeah. was like a salt was a different infinity stone with one on the back of their wrist. Yep. That was I totally saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh the quantum armor hat looks cool on uh superhero stuff. The quantum armor costume t shirt looks pretty decent. I don't know if I would get it though. <laughs> uh see a Captain Marvel shirt that Zoe might like. Zoe and Melissa might like. My wife and daughter. Uh, the the Team Goals Avengers logo shirt looks cool. The Rocket shirt looks cool as well. They call it a color pop. So some of the products on here are not that bad. A lot better than I was thinking of. You know. Mm. Of course, there's the lanyards made by BioWorld, the Infinity Gauntlet band, lanyard, and the Quantum Armor lanyard, uh, Thor Stormbreaker lanyards. I can almost promise you, most of the lanyards you see on on uh, superhero stuff are made by BioWorld, who is the parent company to Found Me and, and Heroes and Villains. I will say, going back to Heroes and Villains, the, the TIE Fighter TIE Fighter and X-Wing lanyards look pretty decent, but I still like that indoor, the, the Rebel indoor commando lanyard. And I think the Biker Scout one looks cool, too. I know you got all the Biker Scout stuff, which I... Yep. <laughs> Which seems odd, but it fits right up your alley. <laughs> I didn't get the lanyard. I didn't either, but you, you, you've seen the lanyard, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's that's a pretty killer lanyard for the indoor uh, for the indoor line. Yeah, uh, yeah, that biker scout lanyard's sweet, but the the indoor special forces one is is really cool too. Mm. But I, I see you sticking with the biker scout one, just for some reason. <laughs> Unless you have it as a disguise, and you're sporting the commando lanyard, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> maybe. 
Yeah, they're, they're, the stuff's great. It really is. And I just, I, I love looking at the new stuff. Hey, have you shown your wife Heroes and Villains yet? Any of the stuff on her? No. I, I showed it, I showed some of the stuff to, to Melissa. And she really loves the indoor Leia purse or messenger bag. <laughs> she goes, yeah, I'll sport that. Oh, the TIE Fighter backpacks sold out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hopefully it comes back. But the the Edson bag, I mean, it looks good. Don't get me wrong. It looks good, but some of their other... I, I, I love the whole... Rain, rain cover for it, but I, I just know my computer is going to say, "Yeah, I don't like this." <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely be my iPad back. Oh, sweet! It's got like double pocket. It's got the laptop, padded laptop, and padded tablet pockets. Let me show you, Derek. Check this out. See that right here? Here's your laptop. Here's your tablet. Brilliant. It really is. There's the the rain cover. Oh. Is that the bottom of the bag? Oh, how do I get out of Zoom? There we go. That comes out from the bottom of the backpack. That's what it looks like. That is ingenious. Never thought about it storing there. But BioWorld has had some great-looking Rebel backpacks to begin with. Now, there was the original, um, and then there was, that was more square. Um, I want to say this is like the, the fourth one, because there was another one that was kind of similar to this. And then there was one based around Poe Dameron Ooh. as well. Those bags aren't that bad. But the, this one is uh, this one's great too, and and the quality of the of the bag is amazing. Because um, definitely, heroes and villains is a little bit more high end, and I can't wait to see what they do with some of the other stuff. Because uh, they just came out with Hellfire Club and Sons of Batman, and it's and all that stuff. Like Sons of Batman is just primarily T shirts. Uh, Hellfire Club is a couple tees, a long sleeve, short sleeve, a hat, and a pen. But 
can't wait to see what more they do. And the fact that they went with Hellfire Club first is pretty awesome. Um, I I can't wait. I can't. I absolutely can't wait to see what they do with with the stuff because it, it will be an absolute trip to see. Uh, and I'm hoping we get one of the designers on the show over on Wookie Radio or even here to talk about everything. That'd be cool. Just because there, there's a lot here. There's some great stuff, and I would love to know more about how they come up with these ideas. And I wonder if we could help design a bag that would be practical for like maybe what we do for a living slash what we would expect for a convention hmm. for some whether it's an Avengers like Avengers quantum realm armor bag or some I think it would be fun or a Starship Starship Trooper style bag since we have that theme going. Hmm. So, I haven't checked found me in a bit to see what's new there. What do you mean the page isn't there? I gotta fix that link. Oh. But, uh, oh, come on. They still got DC Comics, Five Nights, Marvel, My Little Pony, Power Rangers, Rick and Morty, and Star Wars. Deadpool is back in stock. So is Cap and and Spider-Man. Spider-Gwen still out of stock. Sorry, Zoe. She wants Spider-Gwen so bad. (laughs) Uh, Star Wars. Good chat. Stormtroopers sold out. Darth Vader sold out. Chewie sold out. Uh, your Jawa's still around. See, here you go. You get the X-Wing pilot backpack. And you get the X-Wing pilot found me to put on that backpack. And there you go. Sold. Doesn't get any better than that. Uh, I have Chewy on my indoor bag, and I would put—I would probably put my Phasma on the other bag once I got it. So, um, trying to think, anything else that I'm missing? I know we mm-hmm. talked about our store a little bit. Um, some more themed baseball designs coming in the future. Maybe I will come up with a, a Weeby Geeks one that's based around the mobile infantry armor from uh, Starship Troopers. Interesting. That could be fun. We'll have to see what else, what other uniform type stuff would be cool to to do mm. from other movies 
or or TV shows for that fact. Who knows? Gotham police, Gotham PD style. <laughs> uh, other than that, I I don't think I have anything else. Honestly, you got anything else? I mean, we hit the business. Um, had a great interview with with Miguel. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Nothing that I can think of. Um, then uh, I guess there's only one thing left to be said. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.